to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Every week we pick a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today we are talking about 1,000 Gex by 100 Gex. Uh, take two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost all of the audio. Yes. We had done, like, we finished. We were at, like, the two-hour mark, approximately. Yeah. Well, it was, it was actually, I was I was pretty, because we actually sped through that one pretty quick. It yeah. was going to be a pretty short episode. I was like, hell yeah, we did it. Right, and right. And then, literally, at the part where we, like, do our plugs, Yep. Uh, I looked over at OBS. <laughs> and it had crashed. It had crashed. It said there was a problem with, like, my memory or something. And uh, so, yeah, we we had to skip a week and we're doing it again now. Let's do it to it. But before we talk about more gex, what do we got going on in the My Boyfriend's News Corner? Okay, so we talked about this when we originally recorded last week, Uh, but more stuff has come out. So we're going to be talking about the newfound right wing country music celeb, Oliver Anthony. Oh, boy. And his song the fuck was his song even called rich men down in richmond that's right yeah rich men north of richmond yeah um let's go ahead and play a little clip of the song if you haven't heard it yet yeah i've been selling my soul working all day overtime hours for bullshit pay so i can sit out here and waste my life away drag back home and drown my troubles away it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up and it not be true. That whole people like me and people yeah, like you. It's a little coded. It feels like a song written for South Park. It feels a like Trey bit. Stone and Matt Parker wrote this bullshit for Cartman to sing to be a right-wing grifter uh, country music singer. Yeah, so like, if you're listening... If you, if all you heard is that like first part, you might be thinking it's like I don't understand what makes this guy like a right wing country right. music guy. Yeah, like, like that seems very worker worker positive, you know. Uh-huh. Harkens back to the days of Woody Guthrie and yeah, you know, some these, old school Johnny Cash. These, these good these good like union worker anthems and shit like that. Yep. It's once you get past that first verse that you uh, you start running into problems here. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm just gonna read these lyrics. Uh, for verse two and verse three, where he says, I wish politicians would look out for minors, M-I-N-E-R-S, and not just minors, M-I-N-O-R-S, on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not pay for your bag of fudge rounds. Young men putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. So we're not just we're not just being classist. We are also being fat phobic. Yeah. So there's a Which, lot. I got to say bold words from a man right. that is clearly using a shitty dry ass looking beard to hide a double chin. Right. Like it's so funny to write like the anti elite anthem and then immediately pivot to like poor fat people on welfare. Right. You know what? Guys, <laughs> what if we just killed all the poor fat right. people? That's all he's saying. Like what if we just didn't you know, they're yeah. not part of society. Because they're not people like me or people like you. Right. I didn't bookmark a lot of 
Oliver Anthony's responses to it because, quite frankly, I forgot. Right. But he's trying to, he's really trying to both sides it uh-huh. a little bit. Oh, like, yeah. like he's saying that the that this Epstein's Island thing over here is about Donald Trump. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't believe him. And um, <laughs> just straight up, like. Yeah, he said something about like how he wrote the song when he was struggling with mental health. And it's like, buddy, are you a lib or not? <laughs> yeah, like... Because, like, let me tell you something. If you're going to make your campaign about, like, crumbling mental health, you are playing to the wrong audience. Yeah, no. Like, those people are not there for you. They think depression yeah. is a sign of weakness and being a beta male. Anyway, when we recorded this last week, I immediately knew, like, yeah, I started talking about how clearly astroturfed this was. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the guy joined Twitter... Um, like last month, already nabbed up the handle uh, at ain't got a dollar. Yeah, there's and, no way and, somebody and, bought that handle. Right. So if you don't know, like on Twitter, all of the cool handles kind of have been gotten. Right. You know, like all the ones without numbers or characters that like aren't just incoherent gibberish or actual names. Yeah. It's very hard to get those kind of handles. So when you've unless, got somebody just joining the platform. Yeah. Unless you have money and you yeah. can just offer whoever already owns the handle a bunch of money. Yeah. And it's also uh. He had, like, 300,000 followers, like, immediately. Oh, wow. Like, as soon as he joined. Bots. And then, and then this song gets released. This song has a very, like, it's shot in the woods. You know, mm-hmm. it's supposed to look all rustic. There's a tree stand in the background. Yeah, but it's multi-cam. Like, he's, like, that guitar he's playing is a $1,000 guitar. Yeah, easy. easily. You know. Uh, that microphone is, like, a $500 right. microphone. Yeah, he's got this whole professional setup, but it's it's made to look like it's filmed, like, on Duck Dynasty or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and, um, so, like, immediate alarm bells going off. That, yeah. Like, this isn't the grassroots, like, Nothing about working this man. homegrown. You know, um, so, you know, that, uh, they, they did the thing where they bought the plays to make it a number one iTunes yep. song. We've talked about that on the, on the, on the show before, how, um, you know, talk of the charts says Oliver Anthony's music uh oliver anthony musics this is an ai i just noticed that this this twitter account is ai yeah because they definitely made music his last name and capitalized it like it's part of his name well yeah it's because that's probably what his like handle is registered as or something Uh like that Anyway, uh, Richmond North of Richmond is now in the top 25 on the iTunes Apple Music following its release on streaming platforms some hours ago. It is currently number one on U.S. iTunes by a large margin. We've talked about that before. That's because no one buys music on iTunes. Yeah, see, if you can convince 500 people to buy music on iTunes, or there are services just like you can buy followers, you can buy iTunes purchasing because they'll just set up bot accounts. Well, it's like you don't even need to do all that. Like, no one checks this shit. You you personally can just go buy the fucking song 500 times. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's not that expensive to game the iTunes chart. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's cheaper than, it was probably cheaper than producing this video. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, there's just money being poured in from every which way. And they're trying so hard to pretend, no, he recorded this on his cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, like Matt Walsh said. um, God, I just wish Matt Walsh would just like take a long walk off short Someone, someone's got to do something about this guy. Yeah. Uh, Matt Walsh said the main reason this song resonates with so many people isn't political. It's because the song is raw and authentic. We are suffocated by artificiality. 
Everything around us is fake. A guy in the woods pouring his heart over his guitar is real. You know what else is real, it's, Matt it's, Walsh? It's so funny that he thinks that this is like... The plushie authentic. of Matt Walsh yeah. in a diaper yeah. that he sells to children. He sells a fetish plushie of himself Dude, to children. Dude, it's so weird. It is so fucking weird. He calls his like fans like little baby boys or something like that. I don't like that. It's something like... It's something like weird. It's something... I don't nope. know. I don't like Matt Walsh. No. It's... Matt Matt Walsh, like... The only reason we can laugh at Matt Walsh is because he has no power. If yeah. if Matt Walsh had any type of actual power, he would enact genocide like immediately. Oh yeah. He's he's an actual like his says theocratic fascist like right in his Twitter bio, and I do not think that's irony. No, <laughs> no, he would really love if he could just kill all the non Christians because yeah. that's what Jesus died for. For your ability to murder and still go to heaven. Anyway, some new information has come out about this fucking weirdo, Oliver Anthony. Talking about Matt Walsh. Talking about how authentic this guy is. Since the last time we recorded, I'm almost glad we have to redo this. Me too. Because now we have confirmation. uh, You know, from... <clears throat> Twitter account Zay Squirrel says, LOL, some MAGA account just exposed the ginger bearded guy whining about welfare queens and high taxes as a conservative industry plant astroturfed into existence by the Daily Wire, <laughs> which Matt Walsh works for. Yep. Uh, by the Daily Wire, by Daily Wire freaks and some right wing social media promoter. Dan Bongino then confirms it. Not so- Dan Bongino! I want to <laughs> sit with Dan Bongino. I want to be at the, the RNC. Anyway. <laughs> So, it's so funny that this is coming from MAGA accounts. Yeah. So, this guy, Lucky, at the MAGA Hawk, said, I don't want to, I didn't want to comment on this because Oliver Anthony seems like a genuinely great guy, but, <laughs> but Matt Walsh's sanctimonious word vomit forced my hand. There was nothing authentic about this song's rise in popularity. Jason Howerton seems to be the key player involved in astroturfing campaign. He's the CEO of Reach Digital, which helps, quote, media companies and political influencers grow their social media footprint exponentially, end quote. Jason was one of the first accounts heavily promoting this song as he provided a background on Oliver Anthony and his faith. Jason indicates that Oliver Anthony had been contacted to record the song. Jason also admits he, uh, he even covered the cost of producing the record. So who wrote the song? And how did so many big right-wing accounts already have the video ready to post simultaneously? You can like the song and like its message without gaslighting us into believing this was an authentic viral hit by a simple countryman with a mic and a guitar. Quote, launch a product, get over 1.3 million hits, unquote, overnight, was the article Mr. Howerton shared on LinkedIn. This was... Uh, this was another conservative astroturf campaign. Embrace it. And Dan Bongino responds to that uh, by saying, which I was about to like explain who Dan Bongino is, but like, I don't remember what, like how he started. I know that he was, he had a show on like the NRA's failed TV network. Yeah. And then he was on Fox news a lot. I forgot about the NRA TV network. Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. No one watched it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, Dan Bongino, he's just a right-wing nut job. Yeah. Dan Bongino said, uh, Jason works with me. Jason is a great guy who texted me last week, blown away by the emotion in Oliver's song. Jason wanted to help. He flew from California to North Carolina to help Oliver get his message out. 
Yes, that's that's what he does. He uses digital platforms to spread the word, mine included. This fucking moron uh, below doesn't have a clue about what happened. Imbeciles like this fucker below are what decimate our movement. <laughs> they open their big mouths about shit they have no idea about while sitting on their fat asses criticizing the doers. Fuck this guy. It's They're so just, funny. It's so good. It How? is so healing to my heart to see Republican Twitter eating itself it's alive so, like a snake eating its tail. He's so mad that like this astroturfing campaign is being exposed from the inside. Right. And so when we say astroturfing, we mean when you try to when you promote a piece of content online yeah. with a professional assistance, but they do it in such a way to make it to trick the audience essentially into right. thinking it's like homegrown, homespun. right? It makes it feels authentic, and right. like that's what matters. It's you, you know, know what? It's like a Cracker Barrel because all Cracker yes. Barrels are designed to like look and feel like right. somebody's grandparents' yeah, house, give or that, like that, you're eating in a barn. That rustic, home cooked feel. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure they probably like the the pictures and the frames come with dust already on them, and they just stick them to the wall. Mm-hmm. Like it's been there a hundred years. See, it's like even like going back to like the song itself. Uh, being like that, like there's red flags throughout the song, right? That this is astroturfed, like the the old soul living in a new world. Yeah, you know that feels very intentional, very dog whistly. Definitely, you know, Definitely. like even even choosing like obese people as yeah. as the target for welfare, it it feels so calculated because it feels like all right, we need to make the target of this song we need to draw attention away from like business owners right right we need those aren't the people milking the state we need to make it about people on welfare but this is a country song so it has to be specific it does you know like you can't have like vague nonsense in a country song so you have to pick a specific target so they go after fat people because that's like the socially acceptable yeah uh specific target because you know, it's like, oh, well, if they, you know, they could just go to the gym. But that's one of the things that tells me that this was written by, like, some ad exec or some, mm-hmm. like, think tank person yep. living in New York or California. Because, it, like, that doesn't play here. Yeah. You know, fear-mongering about all of the welfare being sucked up by fat people on disability doesn't play very well down here in the actual South, mm-hmm. where we live, by the way, if you didn't know that. Yeah. Um, because everyone here knows someone that has gotten so obese that they need a disability. Yeah. Like, everyone here, like, you can, everyone here knows that on their way home from work, they passed fucking six different fast food restaurants and two different Walmarts, yeah. and those are the only places to get food. Like, every everyone here knows someone who's, like closest grocery store is the Walmart down the street. Exactly. And like the produce and, is really expensive. And right. I, I fucking hate Walmart produce. I eat a ton of produce because yeah. I'm a vegan. I'm not one of those vegans. I'm not judging you for your eating choices because frankly, I don't give a fuck. Right. But it's it's very hard because like the, the cheap crap processed food is so much cheaper. Right. And like if you're living on $7.25 an hour. Yeah. Like because most people that are on food stamps in this state are actually working. Right. It's just they're usually working minimum wage jobs where they're not necessarily getting full-time hours and like trying to run two of those at the same time isn't working because every boss is like, well, I want part-time hours for you, but I want your full-time availability and they will not work with another company. You know, it's, it it just doesn't, it doesn't 
track because anyone who's actually from the south anyone mm-hmm. who lives in the south anyone who lives in you know these small towns you know fucking try that in a small town they have a much easier time sympathizing yeah with the person who you know has like diabetes and you know is five foot three three hundred pounds because they probably fucking work with that guy. Yeah. Like, and like. <laughs> or that's like, that's like their mom or something. Breaking like, news. Fat people are human beings. Yeah. Shocking. I know. Like, it's, I personally get a lot of fat phobia because I have arthritis and I am a bigger person. Right. Um, and so many people just look at me and go, well, maybe if you weren't so fucking fat, you wouldn't be in pain all the time. Right. It's, it's just like choosing that to be the yeah. target of the song feels so out of touch. Well, and it's like the people that have said shit like that to me are genuinely some of the most heinous people I've ever right. met. Like, all of their takes are bad. Like, it's just... Yeah. It takes the worst kind of person to write a song like this, and he's trying to be relatable, and I'm, right. it's me and you, buddy, but it's like, dude, half of the me's that you're targeting with this kind of yeah. shit just, are overweight people. Yeah. It's just, it's just like you can't write like a working class anthem and then try to convince me that my enemy is other poor people. Yeah, no, and you that's know? all this is. That's that's all they've ever wanted to yeah. do is convince you. No, it's actually like the single mom with eight kids yeah. that like was never able to access like birth control or pregnancy termination. Like they're like, no, actually, you should all die because we don't want to pay for you anymore. But we forced you to be this way. We forced right. you to exist. And um, I know there will probably be some people thinking right now. Well, nobody forced them to get pregnant. Shit fucking happens. Yeah. Shit fucking happens and, be kind to your neighbors and, and honestly like honestly uh, the more they roll back abortion protections the less that argument makes sense because we are seeing story after story of people that were absolutely forced to get pregnant and have a baby so yeah you know yeah it doesn't that doesn't really track no anymore. it doesn't but like i mean honestly it is i think it's because the upper echelons like in the republican party want more births because they want more people born to work these minimum wage well, jobs because we're about to hit a labor crisis in america it is, like that's a real like um i can't remember what it's not like quiverful there's a new expression for like these these fucking tech freaks mm-hmm. it's like elon musk is one yeah where, that's why he's got like 19 kids yeah right? where they're they're so like concerned about depopulation and like the lowering birth rates and like the only way we we have to create more people mm-hmm. you know we have to we need we need more population and it's like motherfucker like we can't feed the people we have right maybe it, we should figure that shit out first <laughs> and it's not because we don't have enough food it's because like 40 yeah. percent of food in this country ends up getting wasted or something like that i'm not going to google it to fact check me no Somebody no that's it's 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 it might even be higher than it that, might be actually, because just of the way food the... is like set up in america yeah. well i mean like the walmart produce yeah, you just... know by the time you i got peaches from there the other day they were moldy within 48 yeah. hours some more news uh like just did a really good episode yeah. about food in america and how fucked up it is yep yeah so, check out some more news on youtube yeah, cody, tell cody we sent you cody shoddy and he, yeah tell cody we sent you and he'd be like fuck who <laughs> We're, we're trying to get about? Cody to listen to the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. In a very roundabout way. Oh, but man. so, yeah, fuck this yeah, cosplaying. Fuck like, I I honestly think it's probably going to come out that he's like Kid Rock and his parents had like a fuck ton of money or Absolutely. something. Like, and he just likes to cosplay that he grew up in Appalachia. Because yeah. that's how it always goes with these fuckers. Yeah, you know, it's going to be like the whole the Jason Aldean thing all over again, you know. 
where he writes a big hit song called Try That in a Small Town. And it's like, motherfucker, you grew up in Macon. Yeah. Which is like... 340,000 people. Yeah, a huge city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've never been I, to a small town. Exactly. I'm just so sick of these fucking grifters, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, if all their little pinheads could just blow up at once, that would be that would the, be awesome. The Jason Aldean one is almost funnier. Like, we talked about this in the original version of the episode a little bit. Whereas, like, that one... I don't, it, it doesn't feel as astroturfed to me mm-hmm. with, you know, it being the, the, uh, top of the billboard chart and all that, because like we talked about, uh, Jason Aldean is like already an established artist. Yeah. Um, uh, he, like, I found like Facebook posts, you know, in my like Facebook memories, uh, going back like eight years mm-hmm. complaining about Jason Aldean songs playing in the ra- playing on the radio at the job I was at. Right. So like. Jason Aldean was already a, a popular, like a famous person. He just needed that, that little bit of controversy yeah. to really put it over the top. Yep. You know, yeah. Uh, but it, it is funny that try He's... try that in a small town had the sharpest drop on the Billboard chart. That uh, for a not debut single, it mm-hmm. fell from number one to number twenty one within uh-huh. a week. Uh, which is the largest drop any non debut song has ever had on the Billboard charts. And I mean, it's just, it's just fucking bait with these guys. These guys are foaming at the mouth to get canceled. They all want it so bad because it's it's like street cred for Republicans now. Oh, I got canceled. A 13 year old on TikTok told me I was problematic. Fucking try that in a small town. Right. (laughs) It's, it's, it's even funnier with the Jason Aldean one because that song sucks. It does. Like, like, like the Oliver Anthony one, at least kind of like it sounds like a good song yeah like like you could at least makes you could have a conversation about it mm-hmm. but like that jason aldean song is like the most nothing yeah like cliche it's a ass, fart in the wind like if it wasn't for the controversy then no one would have even heard of this song yeah it's just <sighs> yeah and that's the other thing is like these guys will take any criticism whatsoever is oh i'm I'm being attacked. attacked. A 13 year old told me I was problematic. Oh, what will I do? It's like, grow the fuck up. All right. (laughs) I run a pretty big, like, well, okay, it's not that big, but like, I have several thousand followers on TikTok that are like a bunch of 11 year olds following my moth project. And sometimes, like, they say shit that I'm like, ow. But you know what I don't do? I don't wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Because it's weird. It is weird. It is weird to like wear like the fact that somebody on Facebook said, hey, that sucks of you. I mean, it is yeah. so weird to go, I'm canceled. <laughs> it's all it's all they have. You know, yeah. It's 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 the exact. It, it's it's the, the same thing as Jerry Seinfeld complaining that he can't perform at colleges anymore. Yeah. And it's like, buddy, cancel culture isn't the problem. Like that's like you can't just blame pc culture on your jokes not landing with people that are 40 years younger than you yeah like you know it's like i don't know why you want to play colleges anyway it's the same thing with this it's like i don't know yeah it's like they're 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 mad that an audience they don't want doesn't listen to their music exactly like if every 13 year old in america does not think i am cool i will scream like grow up you fucking losers yeah and and like i also i think they are aware that Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think they're they're aware that what they're doing is like silly, mm-hmm. but they also know that it's an effective marketing technique. Well, exactly, because it you convinces know? like they're. F- I mean, like I I won't name any names. I love some certain fifty year olds in our life. That are like, you just can't say anything on the internet anymore without getting canceled. <laughs> you know, these poor people are being targeted. Free speech is dead. And it's like, free speech also includes being able to criticize something you don't like. Right. It just seems like such an easy hack to, like, put out, like, a really generic sounding song. Mm-hmm. And, and and try to, like, manufacture some type of uh controversy oh, yeah. around it. Oh, yeah. You know, to, like, boost it. Yep. Because you, you gotta know, get them rage it's, clicks. It's outrage marketing. It is. So before we get back to the album, yes, you recently purchased um, an album that you were not expecting to purchase for a price oh, yeah. that you were not expecting to pay. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm so glad yeah. I reminded you. I don't... Because Jason, this week, <laughs> managed to get the Travis Scott, the new Travis Scott album on vinyl for five doll hairs shipped. Yeah. Tell so, us about that, Jason. So I was scrolling through uh, my Twitter like I do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was Rough Criminal. Go check out Rough Criminal on, on YouTube. He does like 10 second album reviews. Yeah, I love that guy. Um, he posted, he like quote tweeted this like Travis Scott Stan account. You know, saying like, hey, you know. Uh, get the Travis Scott vinyl on his website for $5 using this discount code. Mm-hmm. And Rough Criminal is the one that retweeted it saying, uh, I just did this. You know, me and my brother just did this and it works. So, like, that's already... Because, like, I'm always very hesitant with shit like this. Because, yeah. obviously, it sounds like a scam. Right. So, I did my due diligence. You know, uh, it was, A, it was already it was posted by an account that I know. Right. You know. A rough, trustworthy account. Rough Criminal, you mm-hmm. know. And then, B, I didn't follow. I mean, there weren't any links in the tweet to mm-hmm. follow. So, like, that already makes it seem more legitimate because they're not saying, hey, follow this link and use this code. You right. know what I mean? But either way, I independently Googled. You know, I went to the Travis Scott web store and bought the vinyl, used the code, and it worked. I got it for, I got uh, Utopia by Travis Scott for $5. Uh and so my theory here is, A, those codes uh, were only active for like an hour or two, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, wild that you caught it so quickly. Yeah. Uh, I think I caught it like 20 minutes before it expired because <laughs> when I went back to like look, to like screenshot it and post it to Facebook, uh, every other reply was like, shit, it expired already. Right, right. Um, but uh, I think what happened was, because when I was scrolling through, there are five different variants of this vinyl, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just the vinyl itself, but they have, like, the different covers. They all, Yeah. It's all alternate covers, alternate, like, r- records. Each each record is a different color. And then, like, even the labels. Like, yeah. they, each have their, they each have unique labels, like, on the records. So my theory is just that he made way too fucking many of these. I think you're probably right. You I know? think that's probably exactly what happened. And they were like, we got to like. We got to offload some of this yeah. shit. <laughs> I don't know how many of each version he made, but I have to imagine it was at least some of them he made too many of. Well, at least, especially like an artist the size of like Travis Scott. I yeah. mean, like if you got a meal at McDonald's, 
Like you, you have a lot of fans, right? You know, you're you you've pretty much made it. And like, I'm not really a Travis Scott person. I've yeah. never like really uh, enjoyed his music, but I actually really liked this album. It's a good album. It is a good album. I'm excited that I got it for five bucks. Definitely. Although immediately after I purchased it, I was like, damn, I should have gotten one of the other covers. Right. Because I I got the one. Where it's like, I mean, I like, it's probably my favorite of the alternate covers. Definitely. It's the one that everyone on Twitter fucking hated of like the, the like druggie in the car, like gripping the, the <laughs> money in his fist, you know, and it's all like grungy and fucked up looking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, like, I just had something in my head, even though I think the official album cover, the one they use for streaming, I think that is the best album cover. I agree. For this album, uh. There was something in my head that was like, no, I can't get the standard one that's boring. I do like the one you got though. I, I do. I think it's I think it's a good especially with the album being called Utopia. You know, I yeah. think I think it's thematically. Definitely. I'm very excited cool. for that vinyl to come in. Um yeah. we also ordered um Injury Reserve Floss. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so hyped about that. Me too. And then like a couple months back, hopefully we'll be getting it soon and doing it on the show because I really love the new Genesis Uosu yep. album. Because I think, what was it? I got that like six months ago for like yeah. 30 to 25, $30 Yeah, shipped. I think it was, I think it was, yeah, because I think the price was $25. Yeah. And then it was probably like 10 bucks for shipping, I think. Yeah, something like that. But that one should be coming through soon. And I'm just, yeah. I'm very excited. And we also have uh, the repress of Second Stage Turbine Blade by That's Kohi, right. I forgot we did actually successfully yeah. secure that bag. Yeah, that, I mean, that won't get here until, like, I think it's October 31st at the earliest. Yeah. See, the great thing about having um, cognitive issues because of being <laughs> in pain every second I'm awake is, like, I'm going to totally forget about these, oh, yeah. and I'll just be, like, surprised yeah, when they, when they finally up. show up. <laughs> oh, man. Right. But let's get back into yeah, the let's album. Talk let's, let's talk about some gek. Let's talk about some gek, 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 Yep. Let's see here. One... Thousand Gex is the debut studio album by American hyperpop duo 100 Gex. It was released on May 31st, 2019 through Dog Show Records. It was preceded by the release of the lead single Money Machine just two days earlier. Nice. Um, for official genre tags, we have hyperpop and experimental pop. Whoa, what happened? Uh, and... Um, but it also says that some genres used to describe certain songs or parts of this album include post-dubstep, indie pop, pop punk, trance, chiptune, happy hardcore, hip-hop, synth-pop, ska, and Europop. Wow. So, this album is quite the ride. It is. Um, what's your history with 100 Gex? Um... I actually was not aware of them until we started dating late in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, when we were first talking, you were explaining that you were like into music the way you're into music. And I'm like, well, recommend me some tunes. Yeah. And I think one of the first ones you sent me was the remix of Ringtone. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> that was like when we started talking, I think it was right around when the remix album mm-hmm. like first came out right um so i was i was very big on it right <laughs> and i mean it's a great album it's great um, we we did it on the show it's like episode five or something like that something like that um but this album in particular like i got into shortly after and like i really like this i even like the songs that like i kind of like the remix better like yeah. ringtone like i still love this original version of ringtone um 
you know, I need help immediately is one of the funniest interludes yeah. I've ever heard in my entire life. And um, yeah, I just a hundred get or like specifically like thousand gex and ten thousand gex is like music I listen to when I'm driving and I'm upset. Yeah, because it's just so fucking bouncy. <laughs> like I have to smile. It, right. It just it it just makes me happy. I don't know how to explain like the like dopamine cycle that hyper pop specifically right. hundred gex does to my brain, but I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got into them. Right around when this album came out, I was actually a bit of an earlier adopter than I thought I was. You knew about them before they were cool, Yeah, well, say. <laughs> so I was, for some reason, I was under the impression that Money Machine was a single for, like, a lot longer. Right. And then the album came out. But, like, I just remember, uh, because when you're in, like, online music circles, stuff like this tends to go somewhat viral. So I remember... The Money Machine video getting shared a lot on my Twitter and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was like a meme, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, was, it was a meme that it was, like, so bad. Yeah, I do remember that. People being like, this song is dog shit. And I remember listening to it yeah. and going, eh, the intro is fun. Well, like, <laughs> I, I remember it, it was one of those things, you know, the, the classic, like, I started listening to it as a joke. And sharing it around, like, haha, look how funny this is. And then, uh, it, you know, it stopped being a joke at, know, a, at a certain point. And then, um, I listened to the album and I really liked the album. What's up? <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Um, a point that I'm glad we're re recording this because I wanted to make this point. I feel like this 100 Gex album is like a foot fetish. Like, at first, you, you start going, ooh, feet, ha, 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 LOL. And then, like, all of a sudden, you're a foot guy now. Yeah. That's how 100 Gex got their fan base. Yeah. I, I like, uh, when I first started listening to them, I I made I, I posted a thing on Facebook that was, like, 100 Gex fe- fans be like, uh, you'll get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it gets good 10 songs in. Yeah, you No, get used I liked to it. this immediately because it reminded me very much of like MySpace Nightcore. Yeah. And I love Nightcore. I was a big, I had like 25 like Hatsune Miku Nightcore right. remixes on my Zune back in the day. And like that's kind of what made me look at it as a joke immediately. Right. Was because when the whole like MySpace like crunk core stuff was happening. Um, I, like, I was very not about it. Right. Like, I thought that that was, like, the worst shit ever, mostly, like, partially because a lot of the music was obnoxious, but it was mostly the people that were making it I found yeah. extremely obnoxious. Well, because you had your I, Jeffree Stars, Tila Tequila was putting out that right. kind of music, two of the worst people on the internet. <laughs> but, like, 303, Broken Side. Yeah. Fucking Hollywood Undead. Yeah. Like, all of those people I hated. Yep, they're and, on all spectrums of or all sides of the problematic spectrum. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I immediately recoiled at this type of thing because that's what it reminded me of. But then when I started listening to it more, I was like, oh, there's like a layer of irony over yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. That makes it like, and it, it like makes it more fun. First of all, it doesn't feel so like, um. Like guys that'll like guys that'll slip something in your drink as a joke, you yeah, know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what that's what like the broken side and the and the Hollywood undead people kind of came off to me. Whereas this, whereas this, like it, om- like it almost feels like making fun of that type of music, but 
taking certain elements from it and making it more like dancey and clubby and like not so violently misogynistic. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I was listening to um, a podcast on My Chemical Romance the other day and they were kind of pointing out like in 2006 and like especially like kind of internet based music. You know, there was so much misogyny yeah. and my chem in the beginning was not immune from that. And like, there's just not oh, yeah. a trace of this and that anywhere in hundred gex. Dude, don't read any lyrics from any math core band. No. Pre, I don't know, 2016. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like don't, don't go like as much as I love Dillinger escape plan and converge. Don't, uh, don't, don't look up the lyrics to their songs. No, you don't, you don't need to know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. This this uh, this uh, this album came out of nowhere for me, and then about six months later in November, I saw them live opening for uh, Brockhampton on their first ever tour. That's so cool! Isn't that where you bought this particular vinyl? Yes, incredible. Yep. Um, but yeah, let's just go ahead and start listening to some of these tracks here. Absolutely. Let's get through this. This first song coming up is Seven Four Five Sticky. Yeah, I feel like uh, maybe I didn't properly set up what hyperpop even was. Yeah. Before playing this, that's okay. That, that's kind of the the issue with having to do this episode again. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, like hyper pop is a fake genre essentially that yep. was invented by Spotify. Yep. Um, that is used to group together this like growing movement of experimental pop music that was essentially started by Sophie and AG Cook, the man who owns PC Music, the record right, label. Right. Uh, for a long time, it was it was just referred to as PC music until right. Hyperpop came along. And Hyperpop largely came along because of 100 Gex. Right. They really like, kind of forged a path ahead for mm-hmm. like all these cool new artists that are popping on. Like, um, oh, what's her name? Alice. Um, Alice Longugao. Thank you. Yes, yeah. Alex Longugao. Like, she's incredible. Yeah. Dorian Electra. Mm-hmm. Like, and what's really cool about this genre for me, especially, it's so gay. Yeah, it's very, very dominated by like queer people and women specifically like trans women which is why are very represented in this community which is why it's very funny when you see uh certain certain hyper pop artists get boosted by spotify when it's just like white cis men right you know yeah but um 
Yeah, so like the hallmarks are like the extreme chip tuned, like auto tuned vocals, uh, overblown, distorted bass. Yeah. Like super sharp synths. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all, it's very maximalist. It is. And the distorted voice thing is important because Laura Less of 100 Gex. Um, I don't, oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Lauren Dillon. Yeah, not really. I, <laughs> yeah. Me- I mentioned them. You did. You did. But um, <laughs> Laura is trans and Sophie yeah. was trans. And that matters yes. because they kind of, I mean, Dylan as well. He, like, I do not want to minimize his involvement in this. Dylan Brady is a genius as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. But a lot of trans women who are drawn to this genre or were already pitch shifting their voices up when they were making music to not feel as dysphoric, as like disconnected from what their voice actually sounds like. Right. And one of the coolest things, you know, because I got into 100 Gex back in like 2020, so I was like a year late to the hype train. Um, but it's been really cool to watch Laura as she's gotten further into her transition she's singing live with her like just her voice now yeah when we saw them last year with my chemical romance because they opened up the show for them um we'll get to it when we get to the interlude i think it's on get 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 but like when she does that live now she uses her like minimal kind of vocal processing and it's been really cool to watch her like kind of blossom and become comfortable with her voice and like find a sound that she really likes and following the career of 100 gex in general has been really fun definitely definitely you know for me especially like you know, uh, I, I talked about this on the original version of this episode. Um, when I saw them live, like, I saw them. This was the third time I saw, I've, I was seeing Brockhampton. Right. So, because of that, I was like, you know what? Let's go ahead and get, like, the balcony seats. You know, because I, I don't necessarily need to be in the pit this time. I've seen them twice already. Right. You know, I kind of want to watch the show from, uh, from on high. And, um... Watching 100 Gex go on as the first opener was really fun because, like, you could tell when they first went on, not a lot of the crowd knew who they were. Right. But by the time they finished, like, the crowd was going nuts. Yeah. And, like, it really, it was one of those moments where, like, it really felt like I got to be there for, like, the start of something. That's so cool. That's, like, that continues to grow and become... Like more and more of a scene and a movement. Definitely, you know, uh, be, being being at that uh, being at that Brockhampton tour was was real special for me. That's so cool. And then I uh, immediately after their set went to their merch table and bought the vinyl. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, so going back to like the song we just listened to, yeah. um, you know, I like it. I like. I mean, I honestly like everything about it. Like, I like that it's ever so slightly mumble rappy i like the kind of like frantic pace i like the lyricism like (laughs) like fuck sleeping his cousin yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know like i i love it yeah it's great it's a fun song it is it's an excellent opener for the album great great opener really it really sets the tone it really like it's a great song to kind of to kind of show you everything It, it it has a lot of like hallmarks of the genre definitely in, in this one song to try to like show you like this is what you're going to be listening to yep like yep and it even has this like really hard like dubstep outro yeah to it um great it, it, it's a great like two minutes and 20 seconds to teach you everything you need to know about what hyper pop is yep and like to get you on your like sigma grind set yep. vibes yep yep be- before we get into the big single money machine 
Hey, you're a piss, baby. You think you're so fucking cool, huh? You think you're so fucking tough? You talk a lot of big game for someone with such a small truck. Oh, look at those arms. Your arms look so fucking cute. They look like little cigarettes. I bet I could smoke you. I could roast you. And then you'd love it. You'd text me, I love you. And then I'd fucking roast you. <laughs> anyway, anyway how amazing is that intro yeah um yeah this this is the big the big meme you yep. know it's got everyone calling each other piss babies yep uh, and it's funny the um verified annotation from genius because the other cool thing is 100 gex has done a lot of genius videos yeah so we have context i was pissed at something and i wanted to fucking lay into somebody but in a way that would be interesting and not too fucking stupid so i don't know i thought piss baby was something that people had said before but i guess not i, <laughs> I just love that hey you little piss baby you think you're so fucking cool huh you think mm. you're so tough like it's I, funny. I feel like I've definitely heard Piss Baby. I've be, definitely heard Piss song. Baby. Specifically, like, my friend Blaine in high school did have an incident once where he, like, pissed his pants. <laughs> he got way too high in his car and, yeah. like, shit happened. <laughs> but, like, we did call him Piss Baby multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, th- this is a weird... This is a weird song... To blow up, I feel like. It is. Like, because it's not one of the more standard, like, pop-friendly, radio-friendly songs on this album. You know, it has that weird, like... It, it, people call it a rap. People like to say that Laura is rapping. She's not. No, that, I, I wouldn't... That's not a rap. That's no. just, like, a kind of a spoken word. It's like a rant more so than a rap. It's more of a personal attack. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it has that, you know, huge chorus... And then Dylan's second verse is like very pop punk and catchy. Yeah. Tell me what to do, and I try to go to bed. You know, he kind of has that like uh, that. Uh, 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 what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Tom DeLong. He kind of has that Tom. He DeLong does have voice. that Tom DeLong. Um, Dylan's voice like just hits something in my brain exactly right because you know I'm a pop punk girly. I love <laughs> My Chemical Romance. I was big into like All American Rejects. That whole debacle that, whole debacle. <laughs> that was all american that band. and dylan's voice just hits something in my brain that gives me pure serotonin yeah. like so this this song in particular like hits for me and i think i wish i would i i guess i could have gone back and looked at our messages but like you sent me this song and you sent me like a paragraph explaining like hey this one's a little weird but like <laughs> stick with i think you're gonna like it yeah. um and i loved it I yeah. love this song. It is so funny. And like Laura specifically talking about because she grew up in a small town in Indiana, like right. not super dissimilar to where we live. And like, you know, the boys in high school would like get their trucks with their lift kits and all this shit. So she's kind of shitting on somebody for having a small yeah. truck, it's you a know, very, very um, King of the Hill. ass Yeah. Like insult because. Oh, it, is it, that why I like it so <laughs> much? It reminds me of uh, the episode where Lucky uses. Uses his uh, PP money oh to, my God, to, yeah. to buy a new truck, and then everyone, all the other rednecks, make fun of him for how shiny his truck is. Right, gotta take that thing mud and get some scratches on right. it. <laughs> but it's just. 
fun. Yeah, it's a fun song. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you hate this, you hate fun. Yeah, I don't so, make the rules. According to Dylan um, about this uh, product, the production process for this song, uh, he says, I was just starting a bunch of beats for the Minecraft set and it's that kind of just trying to make some crazy tunes. Yeah. I had been using this logic slide dobro sound, this country guitar thing. Thought it would be cool to start it out like that and then go to some super crazy distorted thing. That was kind of the thought process behind it. Yeah. So the other cool thing is like 100 Gex, I feel like is You're bringing back the banjo. They're bringing back the banjo, but like, <laughs> they are pop punk for the Minecraft set. Yeah, you I know think what I mean. So. <laughs> and and uh, for context, what what Dylan's talking about there, there's like an annual. Oh my god, I can't remember what they call it now. But there's like an annual concert that they put yeah. on live where they in actually Minecraft. Have, yeah, so like they'll just have like the artists hooked up to mics and right. stuff. So yeah, they they'll like they'll build out like a whole Minecraft world that you can walk around in minecraft and there will be a stage and and they they do this like every year it really got big during the pandemic but yeah um, but they were doing it before that because like uh 100 gex has been around since 2015 i think right um they had one ep called like 64 gex uh before this and uh so that's why he's talking about doing this minecraft thing right right but um yeah though it's it's usually like dj sets you know the mm-hmm. people will create like a dj set to play at these minecraft concerts and you can usually find the sets on youtube afterwards yeah and it's like an interesting thing uh like i don't know i never got into minecraft i think i uh, i think it came out when i was a little too old yeah and, it came out also, when i was working at gamestop so. and also i never gave that much of a shit about sandbox games in the first place yeah. i was never like a sims player or anything like that yeah so it didn't particularly appeal to me but i do like it is kind of a cool it's a cool idea it's a cool use of like these open you know these open online games yeah it's very cool um yeah i don't know, I don't yeah. know where i was going with that I guess I was just explaining <laughs> how Minecraft plays into this. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. <laughs> uh, let's move on to 800 Decibel Cloud. He said, I love you on the plane. I said, I love you too. He said, everything's different now. Everything has changed. Always on the plane. Always something new. I said, nothing's new. Nothing's changed. I still need you. Are you addicted to monster money and weed? I I, I love that lyric, you know? I'm I'm addicted to monster money and weed, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, this was really the song that made me fall in love with them in the first place. Well, because there's no... I don't know. There is no sarcasm layered over this. No, like, not there's really. A very, it's like a very sweet conversation between um, like Laura and her like now husband. Right. Um, You know, he said, I love you on the plane. I said, I love you too. Like it just the way she delivers that yeah. too. It's like you can feel the tension a little bit like, oh, yeah, I'm succeeding. But like, you know, maybe someone feels a little left behind. And like, I feel like that just strips of it all like the meaniness. Right. You know, this is like a real song. Like, but I am upset. Time to hit the boof. <laughs> but even 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 through all that, like, like they still managed to work in these kind of humorous. Yeah. You know, like the I'm addicted to monster money and weed. Yeah, or exactly. When the whole song drops out and it goes, I might go and throw my phone into the lake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and We've um, all been there. And then it was really this ending, this ending part of the song right here that made me like really fall in love with them. Hearing like a death metal breakdown at the end of this song, I was like, "Right." That that made me so happy because I was like, "Oh my god, these these like hyper pop kids are gonna bring metal back into, right? in, into like the mainstream consciousness." And uh, I was kind of like, "That that's that's kind of been happening, like since then, like you know, because this album is four years old at this point, right? Uh, five years old, yeah, five years old at this point, insane." And um. Like, metal has definitely, like, metal and hardcore especially, has uh, been having quite a moment. Definitely. These like, past couple of years, I feel like. Especially yeah, hardcore. Yeah, like, all my kids know who Knocked Loose is. Like, all right. my kids at work. Um, Like, an 11-year-old the other day was like, you know, you should check out Knocked Loose. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, buddy. Yeah. We are on the same wavelength. <laughs> Heavy bands are getting to play all these like festivals and shit. Right. You know, uh, watching like Knocked Loose perform it. Um, Bonnaroo was very funny. Right. And it's kind of cool because it's like the like hardcore community has been so welcoming and so mm -hmm. like inviting for different styles. Like we just watched um, Denzel Curry did a set at like a yes. UK hardcore festival and it was amazing. He was so in his element. Yeah. yeah you want to watch a really, really good concert. Look up uh, Denzel Curry playing outbreak festival. Yes. And it was it's a very good, it's a very good show. His Hobie Brown locks back. Yeah. He wears like very cool, very thick locks. He looks amazing. The whole set is incredible. Yeah. He <laughs> very good set. He killed it. He did. And speaking of killing it, he uh, he had to ask security if he could crowd surf, and they were all like, "Absolutely!" Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it was very funny because the security was almost looked like, "Dude, why are you bothering me with this?" Yeah, it's like we have like look at the stage you're on right now. Right, like, I people, imagine like they would have the same reaction yeah. to like hundred gecks, you know? People are like constantly running up on the stage and jumping off and shit yeah. because it's a hardcore festival. That's exactly, what you do. and I just I love like this was kind of like the precursor to this like moment that hardcore is having and it's yes. just very fun yeah it, it, it's been it's been very nice to see um in the current landscape of like kind of mainstream quote-unquote not really meaning anything anymore right like music has become so like fractured and like divided because of the way we consume music now like mm -hmm. yeah, it's very easy to get locked into like these playlists and shit right uh you know because you're so overwhelmed with like how many choices there are and you don't want to sift through 
like all of the albums that are that are coming out constantly every single day right so you just kind of listen to these same playlists and stuff and it's very nice that in that landscape uh metal is one of the things that is thriving and i think that's because it already existed outside of the mainstream to begin with yeah definitely and and so like it has this like very very dedicated core fan base but with the mainstream not meaning so much people feel more emboldened to incorporate these elements into their music even if they are making pop music yeah because they know that it'll find its audience and i like this whole thing is just working to elevate like heavier and more experimental music and that makes me happy me too <laughs> i'm tired of everything sounding samey like more genres yeah. need to cross over and other genres I think that's like, the other thing people are just so tired of everything having that like dr luke ass production yeah yeah you know? it's like i've been listening to a lot of show me the body because i love uh like Loose appalachian talking. banjo music and i also oh, love yeah. metal and yeah. that's like it's just the perfect combo for yeah, if you me. want to listen to some fucking cool ass hardcore punk music listen to show me the body that yep. guy, guy plays an electric banjo and it rips it does it rips <laughs> it's incredible um so yeah. let's move on to our interlude yeah <laughs> i need help immediately, immediately. I need help immediately. Please do something. Yeah, you know when you get like you get like a Casio for Christmas or something and you're just kind of fucking around or you're like, you're like bored. So you just, so you just kind of walked into the guitar center Yep. and you're just like fucking around with the, the keyboard that's there. That's what this song is. It really is. Just random noises. Um, you know what it is? It's Gene Belcher. It's Gene Belcher. Um, it's that episode of friends. Yeah. Do you, do you do you remember when uh, my mom, if she's listening, she'll get this reference, and she'll think it's very funny. Uh, the episode of Friends where Ross gets his keyboard. Oh back, yeah, and he's like, "I was making all this innovative music," and like the joke is that he's just playing like random noises. Right, right. And, he was uh, uh, performing experimental pop. And yeah, here we are. You know. Uh, 20 years later. Look, there's not a whole lot of, like, Prescient. opportunity, yeah, for Ross to come across well to a modern audience. Right? Because, um, I am team fuck Ross, firmly. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually team, I don't care about any of these people except Phoebe. It is, it is very funny, too, because, like, I remember watching that episode as a kid and being like, I see the vision. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry ross i get what you're doing here right you know we got to give it to him for this one episode yeah you know it's it was almost like i know i know that like the joke is that he was just playing random sounds but part of me hopes that there was like a noise musician that was like on the do you, do like you think, staff of friends <laughs> do you think little tiny baby laura yeah was just like watching yeah, it with like big saucer eyes like <laughs> I see my destiny. Yes. <laughs> I do like the idea that David Schwimmer is like 
secretly a huge fan of like experimental noise music and, right <laughs> like, like in, david schwimmer if you're listening we support you like in, in between <laughs> in between filming like friends he was he was in like yo basement noise shows in like brooklyn and oh shit <laughs> i wish that would that, that would that would be a really funny thing to find out right that would be um yeah that's not that's not that's that's nothing that's not a song Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on to a song that sure is a song. Yeah. Oh my god, that's right. When when we did this before, I mentioned that uh I was uh on the fence with I need help immediately about what my hot take should be. Right. Was that like this isn't this isn't real music. It shouldn't belong it shouldn't belong on this album or I like uh going the opposite direction and being like, "No, this is just like Frank Zappa." This is true <laughs> art. Yes. Cuz like if you ever listen to um the first Frank Zappa album mm-hmm. when he like decided to he, he like realized he didn't need a band mm-hmm. he just like fired all his band members and made everything himself on MIDI controllers. Oh my god! Uh, that's what this sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love Frank Zappa. Weird yep. dude. Anyway, weirdo. Uh, here's uh, one of the other bigger hits. This is Stupid Horse. On a stupid horse, I lost that So I ran out to the track to get my cash back I just gotta leave this place with a big bag So I found a fucking jockey and I grabbed it So I said we had a lot of detailed annotation. Oh, it's Scott. Hey, maybe. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> this one is particularly uh, interesting. There's three sentences and all of them wildly contradict each other. Hell yeah. So this is not confirmed by Laura and Dylan, but it's very funny. So I'm going to read it to you. Stupid Horse is a harrowing critique of gambling and capitalism mm-hmm. and how they affect the human ethos in the form of a ska song. Yes. Or, alternatively, a song about running out of heroin, mugging your dealer to re-up on how strung out you are, and then passing out in your car. <laughs> or, perhaps, a simple ditty about losing a horse derby and then reacting very inappropriately by beating up the losing jockey and running off with his horse. <laughs> I think it's a goofy song. I think the second one almost makes the most sense only because I'm pretty sure that line about falling out of the Porsche is a reference to that scene in The Wolf of Wall Street. Gotcha. When, okay. he's, when he's on Quaaludes and he right. like, tries to drive and he like, just kind of stumbles out of the car. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think it. I think it's all of those. Yeah. Honestly. I think if you directly asked Dylan and Laura, they would just go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what you said. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. No, I, I love this. This is like, this was the song when they played, when I saw them uh, the first time with mm-hmm. Brockhampton. This is the song that got the biggest audience response. Gosh, I bet. Yeah. 
I mean, like when they played this at the MyChem show, everybody was dancing. Yeah, that was that was such a fun show because it was a bunch of like thirty year old emos and then a bunch of teenagers that were there for Gex and right. just got into MyChem for the first time. Oh. And um, definitely, like a lot of people around us, I don't think had listened to Gex before. But by the end of their set, they everybody was like dancing. It was so fun. That's why I really wish we could go see them at the caverns. Oh, I know. With uh, with chat pile opening. I'm so sad. I really want to see the uh, the the TikTok Zoomer Gek audience reacting to Chat Pile. I just wish we could go to the caverns. Period. That yeah. would have been a really wonderful mini vacation, but we found yeah. out too late. Yeah, we'll go eventually. We will. But yeah, just the the mental image of uh, the Gek audience in between. Because Machine Girl mm-hmm. uh, is doing a DJ set oh. first, and then Chat Pile, gotcha, and then 100 Gex. So in between these two like glitchy hyper pop artists is this like middle aged sludge metal band, right? <laughs> that like screams about working in factories and shit. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, the the vocalist just kind of like stumbles around the stage shirtless like a drunk dad it's so funny i mean uh, like i god i wish i could be there i know uh but uh yeah we're halfway through yeah the album let's talk about the physical vinyl yeah so the version i have here is as far as i know the only version it's the standard uh like i said i bought this at the show it's um you know there's nothing super special about it but it's also like it's it's pretty high quality, I would say. Like the jacket's nice and thick, you know the the it, the image on it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. It's got that kind of, you know, it's nice and matte. You know what I mean? Yeah, very crisp. Yes. Um, the vinyl comes in a nice printed, a nice printed sleeve that has the hole cut out for the so you can see the label through it. Right, and the label is super cute. These kind of remind me of like Polaroids you'd take with your friends. Right. Yeah, it's like these hyper close up picture, at least on the on the sleeve itself and then on the label you have it's like them standing through what looks like a crawl space or an attic or yeah, something. Something like that. They're but like yeah. in a hole in the floor with their heads poking out. Standard black vinyl, you know the deal. Yep. Uh it's only it's ninety gram. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There's no other goodies in here. Yeah, but you do get this nice the now iconic image of uh Dylan and Laura standing in front of a random tree in, in some park in Chicago. That has not been cut down. That tree still exists. Quite the kerfuffle on TikTok and Twitter this last couple weeks yes. over whether or not the Geck tree still existed. Now, if you must go, dear listener, to pay homage to the Geck tree, don't leave any fucking trash. You- Apparently, like, there's like a bunch of cigarette butts and beer cans and shit around it. Don't do that. Yeah, you know what's really annoying? It's like a little funny, but it kind of you know, plays into the reason that, like, it, maybe it should be cut down. Mm-hmm. The person who, like, confirmed that the tree is still there, do you know how they did that? How? Uh, they don't live in Chicago. They found out that, like, the Geck tree is a registered address on DoorDash, and you can order DoorDash to the Geck tree. Oh so they did God. that and just had the DoorDash driver take a picture Oh my of God. the tree. You know what? Modern problems require modern solutions. They better have tipped that guy. Did yeah, but, he get to keep the food? 
See, that's what I think. He better have, because otherwise he's just leaving more trash at the fucking Geck Tree. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, you've done the DoorDash thing yeah. before. Like, I, I think anyone in that situation would be like, oh, well, I guess I'm taking this back. Like, yeah, I would. I would just take it. I'm yeah. not going to leave it there. No. Uh, but yeah, so that's the vinyl. Not a ton to say yeah. about the vinyl itself. Yeah. I, I already explained how I got it. So let's just move on to uh, a club banger. I would never, or sorry, uh, lowercase x, capital X, capital X, I underscore would underscore never stop underscore you, capital X, capital X, lowercase x. Yep. If you grew up in mm-hmm. the like early 2000s, it's probably bringing back some memories for you to look at the track it's, name. It's an AOL it's an instant messenger screen name. It's a MySpace handle. It's an Xbox gamer tag. Oh my god, it is an Xbox gamer <laughs> tag. Let's, let's get into it. Let's do it. such perfect ddr music dance dance revolution if you don't know what it is it's that game with like the big arcade cabinet that has the buttons that you step on that is so so ddr core it's not even funny i love this song so much you don't know what that is go you know ask a 30 year old yeah go ask your mom (laughs) (laughs) but uh no this is the first one on this album that i like the remix like significantly more yes than this one because i always liked this song but i always felt like it felt very incomplete it needs some spice it's 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 a chorus and a bridge Mm -hmm. and that's it like it's mostly instrumental which is fine like it's a good like club euro dance club track yeah this is very good salon music but i do think the remix takes this song and improves it uh, in basically every way imaginable i agree i agree (laughs) It's got them them sick Tommy Cash uh, verses yeah. on it, you know, and make kind of makes it sound like an elevated uh, D Antword song. Yeah, um, it's D Antword, but like you know, without the without D Antword. Yeah, it's D Antword without the possibility of them maybe, I don't know, kidnapping special needs kids to use them as props in music videos. I don't know. I didn't follow the whole. Well, they're also. That very racist in South Africa, which is a special kind of racist yeah. because it's like you might as well have been a Confederate. Yeah, uh, they do, <laughs> they do that thing 
which is a very 2012 thing to do where they love to say like slurs Mm -hmm. and then claim that like by saying them they're taking the power away and spreading love and positivity and yeah and it's like yeah definitely two white people from yes. south africa saying the n-word over and over and right. over is absolutely fixing racism yeah we i think we all learned by now that that shit is uh fucking stupid yeah no no it's just <laughs> it's just white people wanting to say racism right yeah yes it's not you're not making a stand at all yeah, it, but yeah this is like just such a better version of what they were doing anyway right you know so yeah, like this song is fine. I prefer the remix. Yeah, but uh, I still like. I still definitely. Like this it's still version. good. It's still good. It's, I agree with you. It needs a little more season. Yeah, you know, it needs. It just needs those verses because that's really the main thing that the remix changes. Yeah, definitely. Is it just adds a couple of rap verses. Yeah, you know, the instrumental is a little different, but not by that much. No, no, yeah. not at all. Uh, it has this very similar vibe to this version of the song. Just, it does, just with a little bit of extra. Yeah, it's a little so, polish. You know? Um, and speaking of songs that I do like the remix better, even though the song itself is excellent on uh, this yeah. album. I've got a lot of opinions on this. Yeah, let's uh, let's, let's listen to Ringtone. Let's do it. My boy's got his own ringtone. It's the only one I know. It's the only one I know. My boy's got his own ringtone. It's the only one I know. It's the only one I know. My boy's got his own ringtone. It's the only one I know. It's the only one I know. My boy's got his own ringtone. It's the only one I know. It's the only one I answer. Seven missed calls, lighting up my cell phone, sending you a text saying call you when I get home, taking off my work clothes, working in a cold one. Fifty group DM, send another text asking me if I seen them. Pushing back a deadline, gotta make my bedtime. Then I crack a smile, cause I love you and I'll do it all again. My boy's got his own ringtone. I love this song. Yeah. Um, if I was more dedicated, this would absolutely be a ringtone, but I never have my ringer on. Yeah, no one no one no one uses ringtones anymore. Which no. like like honestly, so this is the song that feels the most like it's going for a nostalgic feeling. Definitely. Um, it's it's very 2005. Energy. Like even even the concept of having a custom ringtone for someone in your contacts. Right. Is like such a like outdated thing now. And it like so I love the re- like I think the remix and this song work on totally different like levels. Completely. Like the remix is just I mean, I think I said on that episode, it's one of the greatest pop songs of all time, and it's, I stand by that. It's a great pop song. It has that like, it has that uh, that that Moulin Rouge effect of getting yeah. like a ton. It, it's it is the Moulin Rouge of hyper pop. Yeah, yeah, because it's 100 Gex, Charlie XCX, Rico Nasty, and uh, Sarah oh, from Cure Care Bonita. You mean um, Lady Marmalade, right? That was that was the um, song oh, like yeah. Pink and or Whatever. Marmalade. The Moulin Rouge is the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't <laughs> matter. We we all knew what you we were talking yeah. about. I just wanted to confirm. <laughs> but um, but what that song has in like sheer pop power, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of lacks this like cute nostalgic feeling that this song has. It does. That this song feels a lot more like personal and like smaller in scope you know i love the 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 little quip about like you know taking off my work clothes working in a cold one yeah and like you know because i love you and i do it all again like yeah i mean like i have had some truly rough days lately and like i would do them all again because i get i got to spend time with you you know 
Yeah, it, it just feels like this song feels very cute and very personal. Yeah, it's very sweet. And, 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 and the remix feels like a big like pop banger yeah you know, that, that really should have been a number one hit song but definitely wasn't because people are dumb yeah um, they don't know music yeah people don't understand music no, like we understand don't. music anyway yeah <laughs> yeah that's it I, th- I guess I, I think that's all i have to say yeah i love the little um in this version of the song anytime in the chorus, it has that little like, like right, you know, it's almost it, it's, a chip tune tone. It's the little touches, definitely, definitely. And this know? one feels more like a complete song, yeah. You know, yep. Uh, but yeah, we can move on to our second kind of weird interlude that transitions into a real song. Gek 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 gek. Back once again. Yeah, I will skip ahead on this one. This is one, uh, it, it, it seems almost pointless to like say this, but like, yes, the remix is better. Yeah. <laughs> because the remix is a song and well, this, and- this is a bunch of random noises and then it kind of turns into half a song. Yeah. Well, and, like <laughs> when they do this one live, this is one that Laura does with like minimal voice, like yeah, augmenting and they, live. And, and it's they so- basically do it acoustically. Yeah. It's so heartfelt. Yeah. Like, and I will say like, even like the remix, it doesn't just add... Like the rap verses at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, I genuinely think they use a different take. Yeah, for, for Laura's voice on Definitely. the remix, she, she re-recorded it, or yeah, because uh, she she sounds much better. Yeah, on, on the remix. Yeah, this one still has a special place in my heart, like everything on this album. But I do like the remix and the live version better. Yeah, I think I said this on when we did the remix album, but uh, for the longest time, I didn't know that <laughs> that was part of the song. Right? Like, I, 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 I was completely unaware that there's like a whole second half of that because I always just skipped it. Right. I was always like, oh, it's another one of these interludes. <laughs> right. And it's like, no, it's it's an interlude with a song kind of glued on the butt. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, all I've got to say about that. Yeah. Let's move on because, you know, of course, what else are we going to say about this uh, interlude here? Right. Um, Let's get our hands crushed by a mallet. Crushed by a mallet. Tell you goodbye. I was 
right, this is one that uh, immediately overshadowed by the remix, I think. Yeah. Which, to be fair, like, this was, like, originally one of my favorite songs on this album. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's the most that feels like it's a, you know, it is like a big emo pop punk, like, yeah. whatever song. And, of course, they have that remix with uh, Hannah Diamond, Fall Out Boy, and the guy from Shiodos. Which is incredible, by yeah. the way. Um, I'm not sure how much of the guitars are Pete Wentz and what's Laura or Dylan, but like the well, guitars on that are incredible. Well, it's that YouTuber guy. Oh, that's right. I can't remember his name because I don't have it in front of me. But, right. Uh, yeah, they found like the guitar cover on YouTube and like sampled that that's for that right. remix. That is so cool. Um, but yeah, I always I kind of like the original version of this song mm-hmm. and then... Like, I like the way they do it live, where they basically do this version, and then they tack on the outro yeah. from the remix, because I feel like the outro adds a lot to the remix. It does. It, like, kind of grounds it, and mm-hmm. this is another instance of, they're so good at doing the right amount of nostalgia. Like, yeah. this could have come out in 2006, but it also feels fresh and like, oh, yeah. updated and current, you know? Yeah. It's hard to balance that sometimes, especially when you're, like, kind of pulling from, like, an iconic genre like emo that was so of its time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love this song. I love both versions of it, honestly. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Stump does really slay that vocal, though. Yeah, I kind of wish he did the whole song. I do, too. But, um... Yeah. You know, he's not a great songwriter. Like, I still do not forgive him for writing George Floyd with Metroid. Not okay, Patrick. (laughs) It's not okay. Bad Patrick. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. he's pretty great on this remix. Yep. Um... Yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, let's, let's get Gek yeah. to you. We've got one song left, and it is Gek to you. I look outside and see. I love that, like, dishes are piling up, but that's cool, because at least we got food. Uh, yeah, everything is piling up, but that's cool. That's cool, because I got you. Yeah, that's one of my favorite lyrics. I, I, yeah. I love that phrase, that dishes are piling up, but that's cool, because at least we got food. Yeah. It's such a good, like, 
like like kind of aphorism, I guess. Yeah, it's like you know? it's positivity without being toxic. Right. It's like yeah, you're dealing with the mess, but at least you had the means the to create side. it. Yeah. yeah. It's a very good look on the bright side without being mm-hmm. like weird about it. This is one. This is definitely one that I like this version a lot more than the remix. Me too. Yeah. You know, uh, sorry, Dorian. You know, I, yeah. I, I love you, Dorian Electra, but you know, I prefer the OG version of the song because dorian changes a lot of the lyrics and stuff yeah and uh the only thing i like about the dorian electra remix a little bit more is uh they have they add that little like synth sting yeah in in the chorus and i really like that but like this song is the most it's the longest song on this album at three minutes and 18 seconds that is so funny um i feel like it's the most equipped to be like a big tiktok hit to be a big radio single like if this album had come out even one year later yeah like this would have been a viral tiktok dance oh absolutely like 100 percent. yeah you know you're sitting all alone and you call me on the phone and you say i need love can you get to like yeah. it's like you, you can like you almost don't even need to watch a video to know what the steps of this tiktok dance right? would be. yeah like exactly it's, it, it spells it out for you almost yeah, no, this is it's it's a great pop song. It me. is. It really is. And I feel like it's a good closer. Like yes. I like it's the a great outro. Closer. Yeah. Um this album is super respectful of our time. Yeah. It's only 23 minutes and 7 yeah. seconds. You can knock this out in the time it takes you to watch an episode of Family Guy. Wow, yeah. 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 So we <laughs> love this album. Yes. So, and I see you're pulling up some screenshots. Yes. So let's let's see. Let's hear from some folks right. that didn't like this album. I, uh, I I didn't pull any more than the ones I read last time, so I'm reading these again. Yep, let's do it. Um, I only pulled two for this one because they get a lot. They get really repetitive. A lot of people have the same issues mm-hmm. with this album, and uh, they're not very funny. Or or it's a lot of the reviews because it's like a meme album. A lot of the reviews are trying to be funny. And, like, it's never as funny when you're trying to be funny. Yeah, you at least kind of for, just either are funny or you're not. At least for the purposes here. Like, I want to read people who get unreasonably upset that this music exists in the first right? place. Uh, so that brings us to this review that said, this two years. Oh, oh yeah. This is the one that's written all weird. I'm going to read this exactly the way it's written. All right. This two years. What have it become? 2019 and 2020, these new musics were noise, unbelievably harsh, ear-bleeding sounds. Where did the era remain where talent and art was put into music? Harmonic melody? This is unbearable. Experimental? I get it. Death Grips is experimental too, but it is listenable. This? What, they recorded cars backing up and, and car tires grazing the road? Washing machines whirring? Hair dryers? The vocals are making my ears bleed, too. It's a demise. And and saw people rate this good. For real. What were they thinking? It's like, yeah, I tasted strawberry ice cream. It was horrible. But the artichoke ice cream was a 10 out of 10. Weird as hell. Women are my favorite guy. Oh, my God. Until the world stopped the wars. I just... <laughs> how is How do you... How do you think this is less accessible than Death Grip? I know. I that's, that's the funniest part. I me. don't understand. And I feel like MC Ride would vehemently yeah. disagree. <laughs> uh, and then there's this other review that's a little bit more coherent uh, that says, There is no way people unironically like this album. 
What the fuck is this? These motherfuckers performing at Reading in Leeds, one of the biggest UK festivals. Reading the reviews make me feel like I'm going. I make me feel like I'm the insane one here. If this is the music of the future, I'd rather cut off both my ears and go on a rampage before jumping off a cliff. Do it, you I, fucking coward! <laughs> I will start a resistance movement and start uprising at uprisings at every 100 Gex concert. If these motherfuckers can get signed by a label, then anyone can. How? Just how? This is the most ADHD-sounding shit I've ever heard. If diarrhea was music, it would be 100 Gex. Um, Didn't Dylan start a record label, yes. and that's the label that they were on yeah, before, for this album? Yeah, before we even get into the, the meat of this. Yes, this like I said earlier, this album was released on Dog Show Records, which is a record label that is independently owned by Dylan Brady. How dare he give himself a record contract? Yeah. I know they eventually got signed. I think they're currently on Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were not signed to a record label when this album was released. Gotcha. Uh, but I just like, I love reviews of this because I don't, I, I'm trying to articulate what I want to say here. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to me to care enough about music criticism and music analysis to go through the trouble of setting up an account on one of these websites and writing like paragraph long album reviews. Right. But not care enough that you see some type of like experimental outside of the mainstream music picking up steam and you don't even attempt to like understand it right at all it's like i get writing these like dismissive reviews of like you know uh like a new doja cat album or something yeah like some like some like dr luke produced like slop you know Mm -hmm. i love doja i like doja cat and all that but that was just the first example i can think of of a dr luke album but um kim petrus is yeah kim petrus which like very concerning for me. I hope she's okay. But um, it's it's so funny to see something, to just be this dismissive about like something that sounds like different and new and innovative. Yeah. When you ostensibly care about music analysis and music criticism, it's like I don't know. Like a lot of these rating sites are essentially it's like it's the same problem you run into on that letterboxd app yeah for movies yeah it's like people don't actually care about looking at this stuff critically they just want to scream into the void i guess yeah you know i i kind of want to blame some of this on transphobia too that might be a little bit of it. Like, yeah. a, a, a tooch of the haters just yeah. hate this because Laura is a woman. Yeah, or or they just hate it because it's, like, it, it's it's that queer shit and I don't understand it. Yeah, you know? yeah. They, they, don't, they don't want to put any effort into, like, trying to figure out what it is about this music that resonates with people. They're just like, it sounds bad to my ears. And yeah. That's it's the end of that. Like, I feel like hyperpop as a genre is kind of like the counterculture pop like punk rock of this generation yes absolutely because like punk rock is now kind of the norm you know right like everybody likes uh like the misfits or like um i mean deftones aren't really punk but you know that kind punk rock has always been astroturfed to a certain degree that's that's completely true and i think these people it's just disingenuous like you're just an old man going i don't like what the kids like and therefore it is bad for everyone like i think part of why this album and hyper pop in general was like 
so exciting when it first came out was that it was a very genuine grassroots bottom up like yeah. movement within music right. like something we haven't seen in a long time you know since like the most recent thing from that that i can think of is maybe like the soundcloud rap stuff yeah that yeah. like existed outside of the mainstream and was almost like except like begrudgingly became yeah. mainstream for a while yeah. there you know we're like there was so much pushback against like these soundcloud rappers and now you know 10 years later a lot of these soundcloud rappers are the biggest stars like in the travis industry. scott travis you know travis mm-hmm. scott fucking 21 savage denzel curry yep. lil yachty yep lil uzi vert trippy red like all yeah. of, like all of these guys were so like ostracized from the music industry when they first came out and now they're like the only ones that can sell tickets almost like, yeah yeah you know it, it, it feels it, it's the same thing it's like when people see like something like this sprout up organically i think uh there's there's part of them that wants to like reject it definitely you know there's definitely. part of them that's like this is this is this isn't normal this isn't what normal music's supposed to sound like i don't like it yeah oh my <laughs> god i if you like played this album for ben shabibo oh my god i'm pretty sure he would have an aneurysm it was, so it somebody was... please somebody please email this album to ben shapiro it would literally be that meme where it's like if you show this to a Victorian child, they would die immediately. Yep. Ben Shapiro does have the mind of a Victorian child, so that dies. He also has the eyes of a Victorian ghost child. Yeah, he has there's nothing. The, behind the them. soulless, beady eyes of a Victorian ghost of a child. Ghost. Yep. Oh man. But yeah, that's that is one thousand gex. We did wow, it. Wow, we did it, and OBS did not crash. So it's <laughs> For now. time now, friends. Oh yeah, to no. do our plugs. Always yes. be plugging. Always. Be. So don't forget to follow the show on Instagram and on Twitter for uh, at MBF Records Pod. Where uh, on the Instagram I have updated. I am now consistently posting pictures and descriptions of the vinyl we talk about. So right. please go follow the Instagram. Yep. Interact with us. Get us in that algo. Yep. Um, Give us some sweet, yeah. sweet clicks. You can F- find me on Instagram at Spicy Pisces Crises and on TikTok as Amanda Moonchild. That's right. And uh, next week. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? We've got Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, this will be an interesting one. Yeah. It's not quite what I was hoping for, but. Yeah, we were hoping for something heavy, but like I'm always happy to see Donald Glover. Yeah. So let's do it. Yeah, we will we'll... see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.